could be called regular friend. Start us off, Gar. It's Eric and it's Gar talking. <laughs> All right. Launch into that little spiel again. What spiel was that? The thing you were just talking about, the, the regular friends. Start oh, that conversation I, I'm glad that my friend Eric is my regular friend. And what I mean by that is I have friends that I talk to, and we will talk about other friends or a friend that I have that they don't know, and they have a friend that I don't know, and that's fine. But I have a regular friend, and that's Eric. And I really appreciate that because we get together very often and talk about stuff. And that's why we have this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Well, because we build off each other so naturally. It's, it's a very nice, casual friendship and chatting style. Gar, I appreciate that as well. I, you know, I wasn't sure what you meant when you said that you appreciate that people view me as your regular friend, but I feel the same way. I just yeah. didn't think of it that way. Well, and I talk to those friends that I'm talking about, and I say, oh, Eric. Yeah, and you met my girlfriend Natalie recently, and she'd always been saying, she she hadn't met Gar before, and she would always been saying, like, oh, you know, did this mysterious Gar, Gar guy, you know, that I've heard so much about. And I was like, yeah, you know, because, like, you know, when I'm like, Oh, what did I do this week? Oh, well, you know, it was Wednesday, so I was hanging out with Gar. And, yeah. you know, so, you know, she, she knew. Yeah. Yeah. So, was, so, so I feel the same way. It was it was good to meet her. Yeah. Yeah, she was at the, the They Might Be Giants concert that we were talking about last uh, last time. Where were we talking about that? Uh, yeah, with Richard. I think we mentioned it. They Might Be Giants. Yeah, they, Gar and I saw They Might Be Giants. They packed us in like sardines. Oh, yeah. It was at the Will Turn, and it was standing room only, but it was sold more than comfortably fit in the standing room yeah. they had so and we came slightly late and so we were having to wander around and the ushers the security people were not being helpful at all they're like uh no you just can't be here you'd be somewhere over there i'm like well, okay well help us find a spot to be fair they didn't really have an answer as to how we could fill the space other than not being in the aisle well yeah but they could have seen where in the various areas that they knew we could stand were relatively, you know, like basic ushering, you know. <laughs> well, basic, basic ushering. <laughs> well, I doubt that they put them in a room and give them ushering lessons. <laughs> no, I know, but like that, that's just how you, I mean, you know, historically that's just how ushers work, you know. I mean, you, 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 you look usher. around, you see where there are spots, be like, go in there. One would think. Your ticket says you have to be in this area. That means here, here, and here. Go there. They were hired there as temps. Yeah, I mean, they were basically bouncers. I mean, but without the... Without the without the bounce. Yeah, without the bounce. <laughs> they, they were bubblers. The bubblers! Yeah. <laughs> we think... What is it? Me thinks the lady... Doth? D doth protest protest too much. Too much no. Or is it just protest too much? Just protest. Doth stands in for do. It's like... It's, well, it really stands in for does. It's an extra TH. Well, yeah, well, it's a TH instead of an S, right? Or ES. Well, ES in, the, ES in the case of does, but like it, it maketh versus makes. Yes, protest too much. Yeah, doth protest too much. Yeah, methinks the lady doth protest too much. But methinks means it seems to me. It seems to me. One would assume that that's it. Yep, absolutely, and that is it. Just an old-fashioned way of saying that. Technically, two different words, think and the think and me thinks. In Old English, they were different. Think-on versus think-on. Yes. Yeah. Eighth-con. 
ApeCon. I went to ApeCon. <laughs> so, what year was that? Well, it would have been the seventies, and the Planet of the Apes movies were going, and there was right when the fourth one came out. So, if you could figure out when Conquest for the Planet of the Apes came out, that's the year. God. So they had it at the BPOE in Hollywood, thinking that they could compete with what was before the Star Trek convention was a science fiction and Star Trek convention, because, you know, they didn't think, you know, who's going to come for just Star Trek and make it a science fiction, and we'll tack on. Anyway, it turned out it was very popular, and hence the Star Trek convention. So other people with conventions, they all wanted to start start one. Uh, Beetle Fest is the one for the Beatles, and... Well, to be fair, that that's the, you know, forerunner to modern-day convention. Correct. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's no, the same thing. No different, just bigger and more corporate than it yeah, was I mean, it's, it's back the, then. It was more quaint because it, you had the real, the real hardcore nerds. You know, it wasn't just... Uh, anyway, these people thought they could put together a an ApeCon for Planet of the Apes. And it was at the BPOE. And I think there were a total of 10 maybe 15 people that showed up. <laughs> How many were they expecting? Well, I don't think they knew. And so there were the usual sellers of stuff, you know, magazines and comics and things like that. And then they were going to show the movies and show the new movie, Conquest for the Planet of the Apes. Anyway, it was very funny because, oh, and they had people that were doing makeup that worked on the original Planet of the Apes. I don't think I don't know if they'd worked since or what, but they were makeup artists, and there was some kind of raffle where they would make someone up as an ape using their prosthetics. Anyway, this very pimply-faced nerdy guy won the raffle, and they made him up like Cornelius. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Well, you know, I mean, Planet of the Apes. Apecon. Ladies and gentlemen, the uh, the best, uh, the best. They might be giants live album. Uh, severe tire damage, which is one that uh, Doctor Worm comes on, is Dr. the one that I told you about that ends with the Planet of the Apes series of tracks. Yes. Yeah, because they used to do that in their live shows. I would guess that. Yeah. Well, you know, they guys after your own heart in that regard. Yeah. So I was thinking the other day, Gar, I was like, oh, you know, uh, it randomly occurred to me, and it's the kind of chat that I would I would say with you. So, if you had a lot of money, and let's say that, you know, not talking about like charity and supporting your family or whatever, but you had like a silly amount of money, what kind of dumb shit would you buy? Like, what's some weird dumb thing that you would be interested in having that would, that's prohibitively expensive, but if you had fuck you money? I know what mine is, so I, I, I'll, I'll... Say what yours is first. Since I was like 14 or so, I've loved like blimps and dirigibles and zeppelins and stuff. I would get a blimp. Wow! Like, and just and just like a full scale, yeah, Goodyear. yeah, 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 a big old one, probably a Zeppelin, probably a rigid yeah. uh, airship. Uh, I'd get my blimping license or whatever, and I just and I just blimp. <laughs> wow, that would be kind of cool. My mother has uh, has done a lot of weird shit. She's had a lot of interesting jobs in her life, but she has been on the Goodyear blimp. She was doing some sort of something where she was. How'd she you also feel about that. She thought it was cool. Not as, not as cool as I would have thought. She told me that, and I was like, Mom, that's the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing you've ever done. Just hanging over over everything. I, I'm fascinated by them. Lighter than air travel. Hot air balloons are pretty cool. Hot air balloons are cool. I, I think so, but I think that the lighter than air, the cool air balloons, the blimps and the zeppelins are super yeah. cool. 
I probably would be scared either way. Sure. Are do you get scared of the heights? I do, but it's not a or or air it's travel. It's not a manic fear. Yeah. I don't like flying in planes. I yeah. get very nervous. Yeah, a lot of people do. My brother hates it. Yeah. Uh, he flew a lot less as a kid than I did. So like I I like it. Cuz my mind can't get past how fragile we are and we're fragile anyway, but fragile in the air like that. It's true. Fragile on the road too. Uh, yeah, one could contend, and there's more people killed in cars. Oh, a, a lot more. Yeah. They're, they're much, much more dangerous than flying. But it's a reasonable fear. Like it's not like a, a numerical fear, but like you know, I, I get it. It doesn't doesn't bother me. But I don't think that's like a crazy thing to be afraid of. I mean, air travel's insane. Man wasn't meant to fly. <laughs> yeah, that's why I find it so magical. Thematical. So so magical. Oh, it's so magical. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Look what humans can do. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, our big old brains. So I was thinking about artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. And how humans are moved, their psychology moves them. We were sort of meant to do that. That was what nature gave us. Mm -hmm. But it's the thing that undoes us because you get crazy stuff all the way around. And I'm thinking that AI can do the same thing, make the same mistakes. So it's not going to be infallible. It's not like you're creating this thing and, okay, it's never wrong. It's going to be wrong. And what are the consequences of that? I was watching the 60 Minutes thing with the robots that they'd put brains in artificial intelligence. And they are physical. They, they're about four four feet high and they taught them to well they didn't they didn't teach them that was the crazy part they told them basically you kick the ball to this goal you kick the ball to that goal and they were saying that at first they were like six-year-olds just chasing the ball and then after a while they started developing strategies and they showed them playing and they're like strategically <laughs> battling with this ball so Scott Pelley, I guess it was, was saying, well, what are the applications for this? You know, and all these AI engineers were saying, oh, it can help people do this and that. And the other thing is like, oh, the dear, sweet, na naive souls, they didn't even say war. It's like, how are these going to be used? Inevitably with war. Sure, but we already use like, you know, drones. We already do, but, you know, it'll get, it's whatever they're saying is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, of course, if they're in the business of doing it, they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to use it to kill people. Correct. That's that's what I mean. It's not up to them. Now, now, now it goes to the... Yeah, but also it's bad. It's, that's bad publicity. Yeah. Well. You don't want to be able to be afraid of your sexy new item. The implications are we know what they are. I went and go to websites. I went to one where it was a lyric writing, and you put in keywords and then writes lyrics. They were all very silly, but maybe they'll get more sophisticated. We'll have to look at that. We'll have yeah, to look at that. We'll have to look at that. I mean, none of this is really that surprising. I mean, the thing that you were describing, the robotics demonstration, is just uh, a physical form of what. What we do to each other. No, a physical form of, of where, like, that kind of, like, artificial intelligence, like, machine learning yeah. programming has been going for right. quite some time now. You Absolutely. Know? It's just in a physical it's, form. It's just now getting realized by the general masses. Uh, well, yeah. And, and even that's... masses are always behind the ball. <laughs>
So what are we uh, what are we having today, Gar? We're drinking White Russians. Now you've got some opinions about White Russians, right? Do you want to? Those Ruskies. <laughs> uh, you, you, so, I don't know. Did I? Yeah. Well, so you have opinions about the so Gar's White Russians are made of what, Gar? They're made of clay. Yeah, my feet of clay. They're um, vodka and Kahlua and half and half. Yeah. So the half and half is a is an interesting choice. People often use whole milk, but you prefer the half and half. Yeah, why not? I agree. That's how I feel as well. I like to have my coffee with half and half, uh, given the option. But actually, nowadays, I usually We're have... living in the lap of luxury when we use the half and half. We're I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice, relatively healthy fat. So I'm a pretty thin guy. So I think, you know, better there than in some sort of process bullshit. We're both thin guys. We're thin guys. So ladies. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's not been an issue. Yeah. So yeah, I, I when I was growing up, originally I drank two percent milk because that was just like what was in the school cafeteria. That was like the most common one. So I just drank that because that was just what people were drinking. And then at some point I was like, oh, skim milk. That's definitely better. So I started doing that. And then at some point in like high school, I was like, well, I don't need to worry about my weight, so I should just have the milk with all of what. So I would just start. I started drinking whole milk. Yeah. And you know, it's just my like go-to milk. Yeah. Well, I have to say that that stuff for me is like water, but I, I don't really drink milk. This is the only time I indulge myself. I have. Half I usually and half have milk in my, in my coffee, coffee, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. have to have it in my coffee. Nowadays, yeah, if I have just like a regular Americano or whatever kind of coffee, a drip coffee, a percolator coffee, then I'll put half and half in it. But nowadays, I usually get like concentrated cold brew, and instead of diluting it with water, I just dilute it with whole milk. Yeah. 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 So I usually will have that in the morning. There you are. There you are. Uh, and then also, Gar, you have opinions on your vodka. So this vodka is... is Marilawa. You can get it at Trader Joe's for how much is it? Uh, it's, it was pretty cheap. It was like 10 bucks. Yeah, and it's real vodka. Yeah, it's, it's from pota- Austria? Yeah, it's from Austria, and it's made from potatoes. It's made from potatoes. Which is the way vodka is supposed to be made. Gar, Gar favors the, the potato vodka. I, I won't, won't drink like the Smirnoff stuff. That's just really green alcohol. Yeah, Smirnoff is pretty gross. I don't mind the grain alcohol necessarily because that just does mean it comes from grain. I mean, alcohol, uh, vodka has very little flavor other than just being alcohol, so I don't, I don't mind. But some yeah. are good and some are bad. And it's funny because like the price doesn't necessarily tell you. Like, there are some good cheap vodkas. Yeah. And yeah. then there are some really trashy, like middle tier vodkas. But that's like, why I'm, is gross. I'm ex- excited about this because it's real vodka and it's. Nine it's potato a bottle or something. Yes, yeah, nine or ten, something like that. It's yeah, from Austria. And, it's from Austria. And then I get rum of the gods, which is seven ninety nine, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like Haiti, eight, seven or eight bucks. It's Barbados. Barbados. Yeah, and it comes in both a, a light. And, and it's a, real sugar cane. Yeah, rum, which Again, I appreciate. Like, like not like Captain Morgan, which is going to be grain alcohol with flavoring. Is Captain Morgan grain alcohol? Yeah. They're all, all the cheap alcohol. Uh, a lot of the cheap ones are, but Captain Morgan, I'm not sure, because I think it does come from somewhere in the Caribbean in this bottle. Maybe, in maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm I not would sure. like to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. For Captain Morgan specifically, I'm not sure. Uh, the, definitely there are some cheap rums that are just grain alcohol with, with you know, whatever rum flavoring is, but I appreciate the, the cane rum. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. Plus, I like the name Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan was a pirate, you know? Yes. He was from Wales, I think. We used to play at this club where the Captain Morgan girls would come in to push the vodka. Mm Mm-hmm. And have you pose for pictures with them. I still have one of them on my refrigerator. She is a looker. And I 
always refer to her as the hussy. <laughs> <laughs> she's not, of course. She was just doing a job. Yeah, yeah, she's getting paid. But it's just fun. It says Captain Morgan. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. Hussy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and why not? You know, Why not? Yeah. She's fine. I'll never see her again. She'll never see me again. It's true. And for the best for both of you, probably. <laughs> Although, wouldn't that be a story? That would be a story if you're writing scripts. Yeah, That's absolutely. That's a good story. It's true. You meet this girl, and then, like, two days into, like, dating her, you realize, oh, she's the girl that I posed with, with the with the fireball whiskey bottle or whatever. But, see, we wouldn't really know, because she's just somebody in the mm-hmm. picture. She's a, she doesn't have an identity. She's... Yeah, but she would know. If she saw her, she'd be like, that's me. Oh, she may know, yeah, herself. Yeah, in the same perhaps. way that you would know if it was the, if the shoe were on the other foot. If you saw you, you'd be like, well, that's me. I know I would. I'd be like, yeah, oh, I know it's well, me. why is there a picture of me on your wall? Yes. <laughs> God bless her. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, wish her well. Yeah, hip hip hooray for Captain Morgan. <laughs> hip hip hooray for Captain Morgan. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, now speaking of birthdays. Yeah? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't I thought know. you had a thing about, about birthdays. I did, I did tell somebody happy birthday on Facebook, but, you know, I never say happy birthday because it's so stereotypical and cliche, and it's kind of like, hi, how are you? It, it yeah. doesn't mean anything. So I usually put made-up words, <laughs> like blingity-bloing, it's your birthday today. I don't say happy birthday. I say blingity-bloing, it's your birthday today. And they're they're different for everybody, and it's whatever I whatever comes into my head when I first do it. Stippity yeah. style, you know. And, of course, they see those. Not that they don't see the other people's, but it makes it so much more to them. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It's your day today. It's your birthday today. So when I was a child, I was... N- n- how old was I? I was a, Well, I was about 11. And a woman that my mother worked with in show business um, had a child that was born on the same day as me, only a few years after me. I think when I was... I think I was like five or six years older than him. Mm. But when it was my birthday, the phone would ring. My mom would answer and say, oh, here, look, the phone's for you. And I hear on the other side, hello, it's my birthday today. And it it was him. It was Ed. I could hear his mom prompting him because, you know, he wasn't very old. Say, say, no, no, it's say happy birthday to Gar. And, of course, he was thinking of himself, which you do at that age. Well, yeah, because you don't really have don't, a big concept yeah. of other people, so you just think birthday is the thing that happens to you. Yeah, like, you don't know about your parents' That's birthday, right. you know? That's right. <laughs> Although at a certain age, you start going to other kids' birthday parties, and you figure it out. Yes. Unless you don't have friends. Yeah. And then you never figure it out, and you're like, oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. Ah, oh, man, birthdays. This is a weird thing. You just had a birthday, yeah, I remember? Did. Yeah, we went to the They Might Be Giants thing yes. for that, yes. Uh, that I was the best birthday he ever had. Oh, definitely not. He had the but... woman he loved and, he's, and his regular friend. With yeah, him. that's right. Uh, going to, well, uh, Natalie. Natalie's her name. And, Natalie, yeah. And, and perfunctory speech is her game. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. Yeah, Natalie and I had never been to a concert together, uh, so that was that was nice. It was a, Maybe it, ex- it just gives Gar's idea. Extra kissy kissy. Now, our friend Eric, he doesn't like celebrating his birthday. Yeah, I don't know. Birthdays, I feel like, are a case of, are another, in a series of holidays, they're just false sentiment. Like, you know, like, you should love your mother, not just on Mother's Day, and, like, 
care about your significant other, not just on Valentine's Day. But don't you Day. think that those are reminders? Yeah, they are, but like you shouldn't need a reminder for things. And also like that. another aspect of this, and because I came to this realization because of Nicole, mm-hmm. who was in my band Lol ago, and every year as her birthday was approaching, she would tell not only the band but all of her friends, and she has many friends and has many friends from around the world mm-hmm. for work that she's done, that kind of thing. Anyway, um, she was in my band, and when her birthday was coming up, she'd tell everybody, my birthday's coming up, and she expected a party, whether people were going to throw it for her or whether she was going to do it herself. And she often, I don't know, did it herself. And they were the most, she made a fuss that it was her birthday and that you were coming to her birthday. But once you got there, she has such a wide array of friends and they were all really smart people. She knew very smart people. So her parties were very stimulating and fun and Everyone felt like they were there for them, like she had, was having the party for them. This is, you know, it's my birthday, but you're here, and, right. and I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad we're together. And they were in the most wonderful gatherings that I took a different approach, which is, it's your birthday. It's your day. Use it however you want. Hers was to bring friends together and... There you go. And well, to be fair, that's kind of how I think of other people's birthdays. I just, you know, personally, I don't really like the fake attention. Uh, but but the, it's not really fake. The, the, it's just the, a chance for me to say happy Mother's Day to my mother. The things right? they feel aren't fake. The occasion is fake because it's why this particular day, you know, as opposed to like, you know. The, the, why not? The why not? Thirteenth of September day? or the well, twelfth you know, of November. The, the, that's that's the idea that this is your day. This is the day. Yeah, that, that's that's fine. I just personally, for me, it's just kind of a, a silly thing. But it's a reminder to be good to yourself, isn't it? No. Maybe it could be. I don't know that. It could I, be. I think that almost nobody thinks of it that way. It myself included. Could be. I mean, that would be good. That's a healthy thing to remind yourself. It, Nicole's birthdays were such a giving. Everybody walked out of there with more energy than when they came, and we all had ideal for a party. Ideal, yes. Stimulato, Dr. Roboto. Oh, God. One time we had a Halloween party at Nicole's, mm-hmm. and I wore this very creepy mask that I still have. Anyway, we were the band Lolico. We all went to the party with our significant others. And this there is was first album era Lolico or second album era Lolico? I'd say first. I think first. So Macaluso. Yeah, because I think Tony was there. Mm. Tony was in the band and they left and we got another bass player. Um, Anyway, it was very crowded with all these people dressed up as various things. And if you notice Halloween, a lot of women like to dress as sluts because it's not okay otherwise. So there is their special day when they can dress as like your birthday, (laughs) special day. This is the day you're going to do it. Oh, you want to be a slut? Okay, here you go. Here you go. You know, and it's safe, you know. That way there's no consequences, and it's okay. But I think that's kind of the idea of Halloween, even if you want to be scary. It's like, yeah, I, I want to scare people and wear this mask. Or Yeah, I, I like Halloween because, like, yes, it's also just a random day. You do that any day of the year. 
But like the thing it's an excuse for isn't something you should be doing anyway, like loving your your parent or your significant other. It's like, oh yeah, let's let's be spooky today. You know, let's have a fall time and you know and and think about ghosts and stuff. Or be somebody that I'm not. Normally. Yeah, or be somebody that I'm not. No, dress up like the like the slut that people know that I'm not. But but today I can be. It's or, okay, and they're not going to judge me because it's yeah. Halloween. Yes, and that's okay. Maybe go out to a party and fuck somebody, and you know. Oh whatever. well, I don't know. I'm not going that far. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, hey, to each his or her own you know well so anyway we were at nicole's party and there was a guy that and, and she knows everybody that comes you know she's happy to see everybody that comes and this guy that was dressed as a vampire and he'd stuck in those cap oh yeah those teeth the you know the fangs that you can strap into your regular teeth right no oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah what do they call those um i know i know what you're talking about i don't know what they're called and or i don't remember it was first era Lol ago because Sean, the drummer, was in the band, and Sean was from Idaho originally. Anyway, that's aside from the point. So we're all on Nicole's balcony, and the guy who was dressed as a vampire decided he wanted to try out his teeth, or at least scare people with his teeth, and was getting in character a little too much. And he had poor Sean backed up against the wall, going, ah, doing this nervous light. You know, he's going, I'm going to bite you or whatever. And his, his fangs are getting closer to Sean's neck. And, ah, and he managed to escape. But he was very scared, like really scared. And I think the guy really liked that he had scared Yeah, I mean, that's really Sean creepy. So, so much, yes. So then this woman shows up, and she's this older woman, and she shows up. With her daughter, who was underage, I think she was 14 or 15. Now, this is an adult party where people right. are drinking and, yeah, there's marijuana and there's loud talking going on. and Debauchery was, and carrying on. It's, it's no place for a child, and it was bad taste for this woman, or bad taste, I guess that's giving her too much credit. <laughs> yeah. It's bad parenting. She brought this child to the party. So anyway... Some guy dressed as Fred Flintstone was talking to this underage person who was wandering around the party. And then at some point, he did something that creeped her out or something. So she told her mom. And so the mom was mad at Fred Flintstone. She was mad that, you know, which is like, okay, you're putting your daughter into the fire and she's getting burned and you're surprised. Exactly. You're, exactly. You're, you're surprised. So, uh, Poor Fred Flintstone. So then it's uh, at some point he's talking to this guy who is his friend who is dressed as something else and says to him something about getting with some of the one some woman that was there and I don't know if it was the little girl or not or the, even the mom but at some point this woman showed up that was kind of half Halloween half not and nobody seemed to know her and so she got along with Fred Flintstone and this is the daughter still yeah uh no well the daughter, daughters and the mom are somewhere else angry oh okay sorry angry at, at Fred Flintstone and and so uh he then picks up on this woman that shows up half Halloween half not and the woman kind of wants to rebuff him at some point and she goes to the bathroom and he goes in there with her and so she tells him okay go stand in the shower and close the curtain i'm gonna pee and i don't want you to look and stay there 
Mm-hmm. So she does her business and she leaves the bathroom and leaves Fred Flintstone. And <laughs> yeah, and why not? I mean, well, what a creep! Shower with the curtains drawn. So then some other some other woman walks into the bathroom, not knowing. Yes, of course, he's, he's there, and, <laughs> and she's. she's she starts to do her business, and she sees him in there, back there, or something. Yeah, she sees yeah. him catching the glue, and she comes out screaming. And so everybody at the party now is mad at Fred. Oh, yes, because he looks like a creep. Because to be fair, he was kind of creepy. <laughs> so uh, we all banded together to kick Fred Flintstone <laughs> out of the party. I mean, why, like, what, so uh, as we're escorting him out, he says, oh, fine, you made like you were my friend. And I said, nuh-uh. I'm not your friend. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the story. Not not anything more than that. That was no, but that was hilarious. <laughs> what a weirdo! Well, well, from here, him talking to his friend, I heard him saying, you know, he wanted to give somebody the bone. You know, sure. some woman there. Oh, uh, I mean, he clearly wanted to give the bone. And you know, as is my desire a lot of the time, I want to always want to mess with people who are at parties, usually drunk or something. I, oh yeah, I have a tendency to mess with people. <laughs> yeah, you also just tend to mess with people at the grocery store. Yeah, but it's different. It's a different messing with people. Oh I mean, yeah, 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 you know, there's messing with people where you're just trying to check them out of their reality for a second and look at what's around them. And the same thing with the more aggressive one. Right, but it's. <laughs> it's a difference of magnitude. Yes, difference of magnitude. Yeah. Never any, never any violence. Never any. No, 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 no. Trash no. talking. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's mind fuckery. Yes. My dad used to say, "Be like, yeah, you've just been mind fucked." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he also liked to mess with people. I, I love that. Unexpected. Yeah. Um, because it becomes like the hi, how are you? Where it doesn't mean anything to say hi, how are you? But right. Yeah, you get people who say, like, hi, how are you? And the person tells them how they are, and then they get mad because, like, I wasn't asking how you are. It's just a thing you say. This would be nice. (laughs) To be fair, when someone asks, how are you? I just say, fine, or okay, or yeah, good, you, whatever. You know, like, they don't really want to know. They don't want to be like, oh, yeah, well, last week, you know, it's been difficult because, you know, no, no, they're not asking that. Well, and that... That's for friends who actually care. It serves a purpose, though. Somehow, it's like a way of acknowledging each other without too much commitment. It's a it's a phatic phrase. I acknowledge you. You you acknowledge me. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Then we part ways. It's it's a phatic expression in linguistic terms. It's like saying ah, it's saying hi or hello. No, it it is that. Yeah, Yeah. it's just a greeting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a and that's fine. Yeah, it serves a function. You don't actually want to tell the the cashier how you're doing today. Well, it's different levels of communication. Right. So yeah. you've got the farthest ring, and then you you work your way to the core, which is you know hopefully you your significant other, your very best friend, your, your best, daughter, yeah. your mom, whatever. Right. You get closer to it, the closer the person is. Yeah. Well, that's just the nature of human interaction. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, again, hi, how are you? Yeah. Hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there are ways of making people aware that you're you're just turning wheels. You're not paying attention sure because that's what we do because we look for patterns and we get into patterns with everything in in our life kind of to make sense of chaos yeah and just to you know have a little bit of fun on the side sometimes you know like i mean you you, you do patterns of things that you like and not of things that you don't like and well it's joy when i you know when i 
say something bizarre that nobody expects, and they get a giggle or a laugh or a smile, then it's good. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, that's an invitation to, you know, they're like, oh, they're down to play a little bit. You know, you can say some it's silly stuff. It's an invitation stuff. to play, yes. Yeah. It's an yeah. invitation to play, exactly. And some people really get into it back. Oh, yeah. I learned that from my dad. He had people that he played with regularly, you know, they had a banter, an interaction. And was, as he would say, it was never mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because he was never mean. And he was from New York. Yep, yeah, he was from New York. Uh, he was from the Bronx, right? Yes. I always think he was from Queens. But I no. don't think he started. No, I was born in yes, Queens. Yes, you you were from Queens. I know, but I always I always accidentally ascribe that to your dad. Yeah, yeah. Good old New York. Yeah, Nyuk Nyuk, which is the slow motion version of Nyuk Nyuk. <laughs> I only know that because there was a Three Stooges comic book, mm-hmm. and of course, when he said that, it was Nyuk Nyuk. Yep. Nyuk Nyuk, everybody. Nyuk Nyuk. Everybody's trying it now who's listening. Try it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, write Try it out, it. say it, say it. Yuck, fast. <laughs> Drop what you're doing. <laughs> Our target audience is, is, is loving this. <laughs> Their minds are blown right now. <laughs> Yes, target on Whoa, you. dude, I never thought of it before. <laughs> nyuck, nyuck, man. Like, I gotta tell Fred about this. And then I'm gonna write it out, like, dude, whoa! <laughs> and you can picture it. You can be, I can, uh, be a meme. Yeah, meanwhile, Fred over there is listening, he's like, Oh shit, how'd they know that's what I did? <laughs> His mind's being blown right now. Oh man. Wait, who's Fred? No, no, in the example that we were just making up. Oh, uh, yes. saying someone listening named Fred yeah. is like, well, how'd they know? <laughs> His mind's blown. <sighs> Fred. Fred. We got that from the Fred Flintstone. Oh yeah, yeah. I just threw it in there. It's just a random name, but yes, I was I was primed by the Fred Flintstone. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Sweet Sixteen. Sweet Sixteen. Yes, it took me long enough. And now we're here. Now we're here. Lyrics I really liked were, and now we're here from Lost Boys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is available on. Spotify, if you want to listen to it, yeah, it's, no, oh, it's no, also Bandcamp. Spot. Don't give no, don't give them any. Oh yeah, no, you're right, you're right. But they're they're two different versions, aren't they? Mm. But yes, it no, is on... there's only one. Oh okay, yeah, I, I get thrown off because it's on the. No, whatever. it's Lost Boys. It's the one that I say in my mind the most perfect thing that I've done. Like I'm, I don't listen to it and wince. No, I, I know I, the song. I did I just... everything I wanted to do on it, so and it worked, so it was a success. And the lyrics. Boys, baby, boom, watch light fading from the room. My tribe, my crew. It goes on. It goes on. Da, da, da. It's what we wanted to do, lost boys. Oh, boy. Now I got to look at it. Do mm. you want to look at the lyrics right now? or, or do you that's, to... that's crazy, man. That's crazy, man. Okay, get out of the way. Yeah, our, our target audience is uh, sitting there. Yeah, sitting there waiting. Now they're awestruck. Audience with a W in this case. Because they're in awe. That comes from the Latin. Audience does, yeah. They're the listeners. This is where audio comes from. Same word. Boys. Baby boom. 
Watch light fading from the room. My tribe, you're my crew. It goes on. <laughs> okay, you're my crew. It goes on because we love what we've chosen to do. Now we're here. And so it's that now we're here that you were talking about that you... Yes, correct. Yeah. I like the lyrics in Lost Boys. Oh, like, yeah. like I said, I know the song. I just thought there were two versions because there's one on the auto-generated YouTubes, and that's mostly newer versions of things that, that you put on reverberation. Uh, no, I know Lost Boys from the um, the solo album. Yeah. Uh, is that Thin Air? Thin Air, yes, yeah, from Thin Air. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, so listen to that on Bandcamp on the, from Thin Air. Yes. Bandcamp. Yeah. Where people go camping for music. That's right. They camp out. I have many friends that are on the band camp. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I only know of two, but the two that you showed me, you know, they, uh, they've got some interesting stuff. Oh, I mean, I guess I know three, but the, the third one doesn't, so I won't mention. <laughs> well, music as a business is very different. Um, yeah. It's not chosen by people that, you know. It's not sign, directed by suits. Sign you to a record deal. It's been proven over and over again that that's not even necessary in the mix it's been made more democratic and in that it carries its own problems yeah there's pros and cons to everything there's just a sea of music out there and getting attention yeah but now you just harder and harder well but it was hard in the days of the guy behind the desk at the record label in a different way yeah 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 Yeah, now now you have to find an audience Mm -hmm. you know and depending on what the appeal is of your Music, but like that, that that's part of promoting yourself. But now you have to promote yourself to whatever it is that you do, as opposed to promote yourself towards whatever that guy is interested yes, in. right. So, you know, then it becomes on you, and it should be, right? You know, that's part of being an artist is getting yourself heard. Being true to yourself would have to be a rally cry for that. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and I think that, you know, the kinds of things that are successful in an internet era are a lot of the things that are very true or speak to a moment. You're... Completely right, because anybody that we admire artistically, whether it be music or painting or writing or whatever it is. uh, Wait, I just lost it. (laughs) Uh, True to yourself or speak to a moment. Oh, yeah. The people that we all admire, artists that we admire, we admire them because they've somehow taken the route to be themselves. Absolutely. What comes from within rather than a hired gun. Yes. And and I tend to like those kinds of artists more than the speak to the moment kind of artists because those are people who are catching on to a a feeling and these are people who are setting a setting a mood you know speaking to a thing yeah because it's who how they feel inevitably you say oh i relate to that absolutely and and that's magical it is magical yeah yeah yeah. nothing like it yeah music moves the human psyche faster and more than just about anything else yeah well that's because it's audio but i mean you know uh the written word and and paint on paint by numbers yeah yeah and and visual art or whatever sculpture painting also move the psyche as well but yeah audio has a bit of a glitch well it's got a bit of a it's got a bit of a head you know a note in its favor because you can appeal to things that work for us auditorily you know as opposed to live yeah if if you could if you could paint by like tastes and scents or whatever that would win out because that's so charged to memory but audio also is very Primal. I would contend that audio is perhaps more in memory than anything else. I don't know, man. I, I can but it's hard to say. I, I, I can smell or taste smell something, goes into that and too. it'll make me think of a specific moment. Yeah. That's what uh, In Search of Lost Time by Marcel Proust is about. It's about involuntary memory triggered by the senses. Yes. And, and, you know, there's the part where he's, like, drinking the tea with the crumbled madeleine in it, and he's reminded of his grandmother or whatever the hell. Anyway, 
Yeah, I, so I, I feel that, you know, when I taste something or I smell something. That's but, but, wonderful. But, but audio audio is also very, you know, because it's very primal, like you always say, you know, a drone and the 12-tone scale, A440, you know, it's yeah. very... We're attracted by the same thing as humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and we've used, you know, rhythm and meter so much. That's why poetry was such a thing is because it was used, you can remember it. Heartbeat. Yes, a rhythm is also something you can depend on. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to depend on it. It's going to go... Language is rhythmical. Yeah. Rhythm, rhythm is really everything, because everything's a rhythm. Yeah. So making a song, you know, having tones and rhythm, you know, definitely has an advantage, you know, uh, in terms of, of appeal, because as humans, you know, we're drawn to that. It's funny because the melody more than words, Yes. Not that words aren't important, but you get a good melody, you can put anything in Correct. It. Now, someone like me, you can, you can have a shitty melody and, and have good words, and I'll still be drawn to the song, but like, I think that having a good melody is much broader appeal. Melody is king for me. That's everything. Yeah, absolutely. I was writing to Carol Kay, who was the guitar player and bass player with the wrecking crew so as a consequence she played sessions many sessions she's played on so many records she was talking about her time playing on butch casting the sundance kid soundtrack and working with burt backrack and i was telling her what a versatile songwriter he was that he could wear different hats and compose differently but yet it was still burt backrack you always knew and Carol Kay's thing was she was able to improvise a lot of parts that became the parts for songs. Her most famous one was Good Vibrations. Do, 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 So she's well, she's worked with everyone that was anyone back then. You can check her out on Facebook. She tells wonderful stories about different sessions and different players. She's written books on her life, but also on how to play. Because she's taught. She taught someone that was the bass player in my band for a long time. It was his teacher. A couple different bands of yours. Yeah. It was, yeah. Actually, through the years, I played with him. I still know him. For the audience, how do you spell K of Carol K? K-A-Y-E. Right. Yes, look her up. Yeah, definitely a pioneer in the music business. Not just a pioneer, but a mainstay. She was so important in the fabric of music. She always talks about how she started in jazz, just playing in jazz bands in the late 40s, early 50s, and then took some studio work and found out that she could get paid twice as much as she would get paid playing a jazz gig. <laughs> she had a family to feed, and one thing led to another, and she was in one after another recording, respected by all the musicians she played with, and she respected them as well. So check her out if you can Absolutely. Carol Kay, everybody. Carol Kay, everybody. Thank you very much. She taught Darlin' Baby how to play bass. Yeah. Which is a testament to her. Now, Darlin' Baby is not his real name. His real name is Dave Curry, a very, very fine bass player. Absolutely. A man who truly owns his instrument. When I say somebody owns their instrument, they are at one. (laughs) And that is definitely the case with Darlin' Baby. Anyway, he plays in a band now called the Jazz Butchers. And you can see them around various places. They do jazz. They just play the baked potato. They play there a lot. And they also play the mint a lot. Yeah, we saw them at the mint. We did see them at the mint. Yeah. 
Darling Baby was glad to see me. I was glad to see him. Yeah. DB was really good. The keyboardist was good. The drummer was good. Yes. And Dan West is in the band, too. Yeah, he was on the keyboards. He yes. was He was doing it. I enjoyed watching him. Dan uh, West, another man you've played with. He knows what it's all about. He was in my nitpickers group. I started a group where we would get together once a week, and we would present the song subject from the previous week. And that was determined. Each one of us put a name or a phrase or a word into wasn't a hat it was a bag and then we would draw one out and that was going to be our song for the following week so needless to say we got good at it and we learned to stop nitpicking our songs so much because we got a lot of good songs out of them all of us did i came out with uh, chimpanzee in me and dungeon on lancashire from that group uh also torn up pieces of paper they were assignments, so uh, a lot all those songs have those words in them somewhere. With Chimpanzee and Me, it was um, Whiskey Brown, which is not the same as Murphy Brown. All right, we're going to find out what's happening in the kitchen. We will be back with you shortly. Oh, I, told, I told you I was making a drink, Gar. I can't tell from your sign language. <laughs> I whispered in your ear. I wasn't listening because the mic was on, and it's still on. Hello. Hey, welcome back after the interlude. Every picture tells a story. Donut. Donut. So I was saying that if I had a lot of money, I would be interested in a blimp. What would you be interested in there, Gar? Oh, what you would be interested in if you had all the money in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not worrying about taking care of your family and paying for the... You know, you well, charity. Yeah, just you just have some bullshit on money. paid for and taken care of. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. really all I need. Maybe I have a little extra to give to people. Exactly. And so beyond that, what kind of goofball shit would you pay for if you had the money for it? Like in the blimp kind of universe. Yes. Well, I would not get a dirigible. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, Certainly a, a personal preference on my part. Well, no, that's fine. That's what no, it's no, about. No, that's no, what no, no, that's what fine. I, I stand by it. I'm, 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 I, you <laughs> yeah. won't dissuade me from the dirigible. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But, but for <clears throat> you personally, for me personally, uh, yeah. If you just had like an effectively unlimited amount of money and you'd already done what you felt like you needed to do with it, what what kind of good stuff would you spend on for yourself? What kind of weird shit would you pay for that you couldn't pay for? If you didn't have unlimited money. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Well, that brings up a bigger picture for me, which is that I don't require a whole lot. And a lot of the stuff that used to be what's considered indulgent income, you know, there was a time when I wanted to buy stuff. Mm -hmm. For me, it was instruments and comics and rock posters. And I have all that stuff. Sure. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm heartened by that I don't really need all that much. A place I mean, to go, that's kind of ideal, you know, a, a, a food in your belly and a, a roof over your head, yes. you know? Yeah. But, but I want that taken care of for life, you know? It's yeah. like, okay, for life. Yeah, I was just asking in terms of, like, what kind of goofball shit if you yes. had, if oh, you I had a, 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 you know, un- un- kinds of money. Yeah, no. I mean, first I would make sure that I was stable and my family was stable, and then I would try and get to charity. But if I had all sorts of money, I'd buy a blimp. <laughs> so, you're saying, Gar. I don't know. I have no idea. 
Uh, it's, it's all right. Anyway, what happens point. when you've got a couple? One person wants to have sex. The other person is done with sex. It's fine. We don't need the sex anymore. We got the kids. That's all the sex we need. Well, I mean, in my opinion, if the one person is done with sex, then she should be, she or he should be willing to let the first person have the sex with other people because maybe he or she is so into it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And that's fine, you know? And if not, then then it's not a question of sex. It's a question of of other things, right? Like, if she's like, I don't want to have sex with you, but I don't want you to have sex with other people, then... That is indicative of something, right? You know, she's got some other something operating. Or he, whatever. It's the old notion of sex and love, that sex and love have to be the same. And sex and love are vastly different. They can express, you can express love with sex. Well, there's lots of different kinds of love. Express sex with love, you know. but, But you can have sex with no love, and that's okay, and you can have, well, and there there are lots of different kinds of love. Now, if you have love with no sex, if it's I mean, true that's love, would you say to the other person, "Hey, I'm not interested," but you you go out and enjoy yourself, and it doesn't affect us at all? I mean, I think that is correct. If you're not that interested in sex, but you love a person, and whether they're interested in sex or not, you should be like, "Hey, listen, go out there and get your." Get your Ghibli's bollocks. The bollocks. Yes, yeah, you got your bollocks, uh, you know, scruffled. Scruffled. Yes. 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 I'm going to go pee real quick. But so there's... there. Talk about the... Ghibli. There's an issue with that, which is that people have sex, and then they think they're in love, which is a very common issue. Welcome back. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what people think when they're in their teens and early 20s. That's the mating mode, and then you get into the nesting mode. Well, I mean, it's partially because you're not fully cooked upstairs yet, right? And so you're like, I'm fucking this guy. It must mean he loves me, and I love him. But, like, no, it doesn't. You're you're still stupid, remember? Yeah. Well, you you can't tell how stupid you're stupid. Yes, it's true. But, like, hopefully, see, that's why... um, You gain knowledge with age hopefully if you're learning lessons as you go i mean that that is the idea but that's why hopefully you're on some sort of birth control earlier on Wait, so you don't have to be in charge of your idiotic decisions of fucking that random guy that party that one time oh yeah yeah well. I, I mean i and just for safety reasons and i'm not saying that like i'm pro or anti whatever i don't give a shit but like you know just just to let you be a dipshit at a party is a good idea Wait, to let you be a dipshit at a party is Be on the birth control pill so you can fuck some goofball at a party that you wake up later and be like, oh, man, I shouldn't have fucked that guy. I'm so glad his semen didn't didn't fertilize my womb. Sex is very volatile. It is so volatile. And it's the most volatile thing in human nature. But it is also the most poignant thing That's in human nature. That's why it's volatile. Yes, yes. It's got those, that yin and yang thing going on. It is on. absolutely a yin and yang. I'm going to go pee real quick. All right. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you keep ripping on the yin and yang. Okay, what did we trip on this time? We uh, always trip on the cords here. Uh, no, I just knocked Here my, at the clubhouse. I just knocked my, uh, my charger here. out. It was mine for my phone. These... Cords are out to get us. Yes, absolutely. They reach out and grab us as we walk by. We walk by and the cords come out and and 
trip us. And that's what happens. Okay, so sex, love, two different things. You can love somebody very deeply and never have sex with them, and vice versa. The problem is we get those things confused. And in getting them confused, we have to deal with infidelity and betrayal, betrayal of trust. Those are really valuable things. Sex isn't that valuable that way. Sex is valuable in another way. It's for procreating if you really want to get down to it. That's why we're attracted to each other. There is somebody that I want my gene pool to mate with. <laughs> I want our, our gene pools to come together and to make this superhuman. And we think that of our children. We want, we want our children to be superhuman. All right, come back. Guess who came back? It's all it's, Eric. It's all, it's our pal, Eric. Uh, so I heard you talking about the um, relationship between a man and a woman. No, that could be between anybody. Uh, it's true, it could be two men and whatever. I was talking about this with Richard. It, it, it goes from man, man, woman, woman. We, we follow these things that nature tells us, which is to procreate and nest. Yes. And provide for this being that needs a lot of time to grow and mature. Mm-hmm. So that involves wanting or having a desire to have a stable household for that yes. child, which becomes the whole thing. But then humans get into that and it becomes about affairs and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. It doesn't have to be like that. The important things are the core things, you know, the fidelity, not necessarily to sex, but fidelity to each other. Correct. So that I am there for you. I am yours. You are mine. Okay, we can, you know, uh, the sex is I am yours. You are mine. You You are are what you are. And you make it hard. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Eric was a singer in the choir. I was, yeah, back in elementary school. Well, he won an award for it. Uh, I mean, part of the chorus group, not individually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I did sing in the chorus back in the day, but like, I had a good voice as like a 10-year-old or whatever. 10 years old. Oh, yeah, the good yeah. old days, I always say. Yeah, with my chorus teacher, who was a real... You would have liked her. She was a real cutie. Uh, I didn't appreciate her yet because I was 10. I started liking women at an early age. I mean, I liked women too, but I, I wasn't as into... It, it took me longer to get into older women because I had to mature in my tastes. Yes. Well, my mother was in stage shows. Yes. And there were all these girls all around with these frilly outfits and things like that. Sure. I remember this one woman with long... She had fake eyelashes. She had the whole makeup job and looking at me and telling how pretty, telling me how pretty my eyelashes were. Mm-hmm. And of course, I ate it up. I wasn't that old. I was probably five. <laughs> You're into it, though. I was into it. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. So that played that played and weighed heavy on me and kept me out of, kept me in a mating mode when I was supposed to be in a nesting mode. Right. And yeah, threw things threw things off. I mean, it was complex, the situation, you know? Like, I mean, you had a lot of things that you were working through and things that you were inspiring to you. and Sure. You know, it was a lot of factors for you. Correct. Yeah. And those all had to be worked out and worked through and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and I, honestly, you did That's a pretty the... good job of working through that. Well, show. thank you. And 
that's one of the problems with working things out with sex because you yes. can't really work out your problems with sex. You, you can only work out the sex problems, really. Well, yeah. But, but there's a lot of other problems in one's life besides just that stuff. Well, that's what makes it so hard. It's so yes. pleasurable for people that they continue in spite of themselves. Uh, yes, yeah, some people never learn their sex lessons. Yes. Well, I'm not with anybody now, and I don't really care about it that much. Power to you, bro. I feel like it's it's out of my system, you know? It yeah. It doesn't feel like I care that much about it. But I do in this concept. You know, it's what's always driven me with music and art. It's always what's driven me. Mm-hmm. But it's now more... It's more on a creative level. It's it's almost all creativity, whereas before it was sex and creativity and yeah. melt the melt the two together. The two were melted together, so when I create, it's fine. It's- yeah, I mean, like, and both of those approaches are fine. You know, like when I mean, you can have sex in your creativity, but you don't have to. And you've shown throughout your history as an artist, if we're just talking about visual shit, ignoring the musical stuff, that you can go both ways. You know, both ways. Well, because you've had things that are inspired from just an internal vision and things that are inspired by an internal vision and also the horniness or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know. You've well, got being bo- creative is, is sort of a second to sex. It's an outlet. It's, yeah. yeah. And that's mu- that goes for music and painting for me. Uh, music, painting, you know, writing, whatever. You know, I- any sort of art is an outlet for the person. Well, it's the, the artist. Human, human condition. Is- it, it is. You don't see that any uh, the example examples for that can always be seen at a swing party where you there are couples that have been married for years who swing you know they go to these parties and have sex with other people well good for them and they go home and they yeah they've been married forty years or whatever it is or they do it for a while and they stop and then they start again you know mm-hmm. that seems like a very healthy way of carrying on a relationship while having sex you know like the relationship yeah, is sure. is more important than the sex absolutely i mean as well it should be right you know well and break it down so you get women who as i said have babies and then that's fine that that's it for them yeah good for them you know yeah and that's okay um and a husband's dumbfounded by well now what do i do kind mm-hmm. of a thing yeah yeah. I have a friend that is very timid, but he wants to have an affair. Yes. And, I, of course, I'm saying, yeah, go for it. go, Just do it. And he's equated it to being loyal to his wife. So I said, well, just tell her or, you know, explain what your situation is and she'll probably understand. Yeah. My impression to Gar's friend is to just talk to your wife about it. See how she feels, and then assuming she's okay with it, which from her perspective sounds like she might very well be, then go for it. They're both very smart people. They're both very smart people. So it's not like they, 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 have a, they, they have a big difference in terms of sexual needs, well, and that's and, okay. And, and that's what's showing itself. Recently. Yeah, and that's okay. So, well, yeah. It is, as long it's as everyone can ab- work out. It's, it's not abnormal. No, not at all. And so... When I asked him, he said, no, I'm not even going to bring it up with her. And I said, how come? And he said, well, you know, she's not the kind of person I can bring it up with. So, you know, the only other option for him is to do it clandestine style. Sure. Which, from experience, I do not recommend. Well, and I think that wouldn't work for him because he would feel very guilty about it. He would probably feel guilty. He's very sweet. 
Yeah, that way. Yeah. Um, he's a nice guy. So, I don't know what the cure for him is going to be. It's probably just abstinence, and he'll deal with it, I guess. Okay. No, I think that he can probably... I think that he has the chance to get his wife on his side. He would if he would. He was brave enough to talk to her about it. Well, that's his problem. He needs to grow up, not be a pussy, put some hair on his mustache, and talk to her, you know? Yeah, but we're not privy to the style of their communication. No, we're not. It's true. And, you know, if it works for them, if it's not that big a deal for him, then power to him, that's okay. But if it's something that he doesn't feel good about, and he's uncomfortable talking to her about it. Well, if it were me, that's a problem. If it were you, we we would do something about it, you know. So uh, I, yeah. or I would. I, I certainly would. I, I would never let it get to that level. But like he and I have different. Like like okay, I said I'm not interested in a relationship, but uh, I that doesn't mean I won't have sex. I right. You know, if I see somebody and it happens, you know, it it's not like it's necessarily going to happen anyway. And I don't care. It's okay. <laughs> well, and see, I'm interested in, you know, I'm okay with a encounter and I'm okay with a relationship. But those two things require different things and those two things require certain things. And I don't necessarily, you know, like if I'm going to like hook up with a girl, it requires X, Y, Z. And if I'm going to be in a relationship with somebody, if I'm going to whatever, deal with whatever... You know, then it requires this and that and the other thing. So, you know, you just have to be well in, in, in the mindset of whatever it is that you're looking for as a person. Well, when I was immature and insecure, I was I did not know what I was Yeah, when I was immature for, and and as a consequence I was having lots of sex and getting into trouble with it. Yeah, when I was immature, I just if someone was like, Oh yeah, I think I love you, I'd be like, Oh yes, you are the person for me. Let's fuck for a while, and then, you know. Which was not the correct way of going about things, but, you know, I felt very bad about myself, and so... Well, you feel so loved when you find some that right person you're connecting with sexually. Correct, but why is it that you're connecting with them sexually? Because you're being accepted. Look at me, I'm being accepted. Yes, but see, that's shallow, is the thing. It is, but it's natural. It's what we do, you know? It is natural, but it's not... It, you have it, to really do some leaps to overcome that. Well, right. Well, that's the thing, is that that sort of relationship, that sort of shallow, basic connection, uh, is going to lead to disappointment if you're looking for something stronger out of it. Well, you fine-tune it from the time when you're younger. Well, that you is... You make all the big mistakes. I mean, ideally you do. I mean, some people well, never I made move mistakes, beyond yeah. Too that. Late, yeah. I'm not even talking about you, because honestly, compared to some people, you did a great job. Some people never even move beyond that earliest stage, you know? Like, they just don't have the growth to support that interpersonal relationship. Like, you could have done better, but you at least had a difference between when you were 19 and when you were 27, you know? I had lots of sex with lots of women. <laughs> Power to you, brother. Yeah. Well, yeah, you'd say that, but it would have been better if I had the attitude like, okay, this is just sex, and it doesn't mean anything beyond that, but a lot of times I put too much into it. Right, but you, you couldn't have had that attitude yet because you weren't there yet. I wasn't. You hadn't gotten to I that. had no idea what love was. Right. So I knew what sex was all about. I was right. going to do it. It felt good. But right. love I didn't know about. Yeah, so you weren't ready. Love is different. You know, you have to actually give something. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, 
Hopefully you live and learn and you don't make too many mistakes from the ones you make you learn from. Well, and we all we all make that exact kind of mistakes, you know, especially in terms of relationships because nobody is there to tell you. Like, I mean, best case scenario, you have a same gender parent who like sits you down and is like, hey, listen, this is what's like dealing with boys or girls or whatever. But ideally, that's a unicorn. You know, most of the time you're like, okay, I'm going to date this girl. Okay, I'm going to date this girl. I'm going to date this girl or boy or boy or boy or whatever. And you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Because like they're coming from a totally different perspective from you, right? You know, like there's a big difference between, you know, the two genders in our modern day society. And so, you know, it's hard for us to relate to each other. To be fair, that actually goes for gay people. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, because I, I don't disagree. Because roles uh, with uh, it's the with other men way or around. Women, they yes. they they make roles and they're based on nature. And, yes. uh, and I don't want to be too like you know because it's very broad. So I don't want to. Uh, of course it is. Of make course too is. many you know assumptions. Mm-hmm. Just my observation that we fall into a top and a bottom kind of thing. Are you a top or are you a bottom? Sure, sure. <laughs> and, and that's very typical, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even in dude-girl relationships, that comes up, and it's not always the way Correct. that one would expect. You yes. Know? Yeah. Some people are into, you know, different things, and that's okay. That is okay. I and mean, yeah. we're just kind of playing with things. Power to us. I'm a top sort of guy, but, you know, I mean, whatever. And that's the sexual realm. I mean, it's broad what turns us on. You know, I read where someone was and, turned on by a shower cap because his mom wore a shower cap. And and thank God for that, you know. Thank God for that diversity of human yes, well, arousal. Yes, and it's really part of nature because it's a way of saying, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? What's Absolutely. Who comes out ahead? <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's volatile. Sex is volatile. It always has been. Yes, and it always has been, always will be. It always will be, and this is a good thing. It ought to be volatile. Well, it's fraught with it's being fraught. volatile. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I could not agree with you more, Gar. <laughs> yes, it is absolutely fraught with being volatile. Yes. That's a very good way of saying it. Well. And so, hopefully, people make better decisions as they go. Unfortunately, I don't think anybody can know until they actually do stuff. I think that we all ultimately make very similar decisions to our past generation. Very slight improvements, maybe. Yeah. Oh, well, that you're talking about morality. No, no, no. Just in terms of the kinds of things we choose to do. Not morality. Morality is cultural. I just mean in terms of decisions. Well, that would follow because we're just doing the mating mode to the nesting mode. Right, yes. To the grow and die mode, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, looking at that aspect of it, you know, when you're young, you don't think about that stuff. And because if you do, it's too, it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very heavy. I'm young and I'm going to live forever. I mean, we have to think that way because otherwise... We don't enjoy. Yeah. You have to enjoy things and you have to believe that you can make a difference, even though life is way longer than an individual human's life. Well... So you have to just like let things go, you know? And that's hard. That's what we're always talking about, Gar. It's just the ability to just sort of 
Getting old prompts that. Yeah, but, but being young should also prompt that because it's all the same well, yes, system. It prompts it in a different way. Um, Correct. There is the perspective of all that time before. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're in your 20s, you don't have all that time before. You you had the high school prom. Right. Well, yeah, we all mean that last. Yeah, we know what happens. Yeah, we know what happens there. Took me to her prom. Ah, yes. She didn't deserve some of those songs you wrote for her. She was, uh, those are some good jams. Oh, yeah, but, you know, again, I loved her, and we had these nasty sex together. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we never forgot each other, so even when we were not supposed to see each other, we were still seeing each other. Oh, yeah. It was just for the, you know... She was at college, and she had a dorm that she shared with somebody, and she had to have me stay the night with her. Oh, yes. And I know the roommate was awake. I mean, she must have been awake. You know, in this older age, I go, all right, yeah, come and join us. <laughs> well, when I was um, when I was dating Betsy, and she was staying with uh, our good friend Jen, you know, I remember staying in there that night, you know, and she they had a shared, like, double bedroom or whatever. And so I would stay in there with Betsy, and then, like, Jen would fall asleep, and then, you know, then it was time to do whatever the fuck you wanted to. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. Happy days are here again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Betsy was like, uh, well, what? and I was like, okay, I guess so. Yeah, but see, you probably do this, too. I look back on that time and look at the kind of person that I was, and it was such a lost person. Mm-hmm. That I think, okay, yeah, I don't feel that nostalgic for anything except that we had great sex. Well, and I, I mean, don't miss it. Like, I don't think, oh, yeah, there's, you know, for many years I had thought, well, there was the one that got away. And then I got together with her again and later. And, uh, yes. I well, thought, I mean, well, I, uh, that was more her problem than your problem, really. Absolutely. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, it was it like, oh matter. yeah, I'm kind of glad I didn't wind up with her, and, and not for anything physical or anything. It no, was, no, no, no. It, it would have been limited, you know. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh... <laughs> we were talking about you and I were talking about something volatility about... of sex. It is. <laughs> no, we talking about we talking oh. about Betsy. It's something about the something with the relationship. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you were saying something about some... Oh, your relationship with... Oh, yeah. Yes, anyway. Well, probably have to blur her name. Or a good old Jerry Springer beep. Yeah, beep will be fine, too. We love the Jerry Springer beeps. Yeah, because it makes us feel like we're a racist. Or a, or a salty mouth sailor. Salty mouth sailor. That's what I call That's myself. That's the name of my next band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you still have any of the uh, those cheese crackers? I have many of them. You may take as many as you'd like. I might want them. They're the cheese crackers with cheese in between oh, them. Yeah. They make them with peanut butter in between too. Yes, I actually prefer the peanut butter in between. Uh, but the cheese in between is also pretty good. I like the cheese in between the Ritz crackers as well. The, uh, the yeah, the uh, the Ritz bits with the cheese. I like that. I like that fucking bullshit cheese. The same thing with the. Um, it's not even cheese. No, it's not cheese at all. No. Uh, same thing with those breadsticks with the cheese. Like that's right. Yes, I, I like those. I do too. Mm-hmm. Bacon and cheddar is my favorite of those. Yes. 
Yeah, I don't need the bacon and cheddar because I'm a I'm a I'm a shit bag, but I do like the uh, regular cheddar. They now have nacho cheese mm-hmm. and buffalo cheese or whatever they call that. Yeah, they've had nacho cheese since when I was a kid. Buffalo cheese, I think, is probably more more recent. Yes. Mm-hmm. When I was young, mm-hmm. for a while I had a Pinto. Mm-hmm. One of the worst cars ever made. Very dangerous to be rear-ended in. That was according to 2020. That's what they said, yeah. Anyway, I went into a Carl's Jr. And this would have been late 70s. And there was a girl working there, and she was giving me the eyes. And she told me when she got off work. So at the time she got off work, I went over there, picked her up. She did not expect to be in a Pinto. Mm-hmm. And we were going to go somewhere to have the sex. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I was living with my parents. So we couldn't go there. So she said, okay, we'll go to my parents' house. And they lived in this very nice house. And we were in the den. And she could hear down the hall, I guess, her mother. And so we got dressed very quickly, and I ran out of there, and I never saw her again. Right. What a strange little story. Yeah, very strange. Carl's Jr., ladies Carl's Jr., everybody. Yep. I was young and dumb. Well, we've all been there. We've all been young and dumb at some point, or we're going to be. The idea is to provide enough tools to the child to navigate as best as they can. My mother admonished me that don't ever get a girl pregnant or you're not coming back here. That was when I was a teenager. Well, we've all been young and dumb. Sorry, that was me. We were crossing well, that line. But uh, yeah, no, my mom told me. It with me, though, because I never got a, you know, never mm-hmm. got anybody pregnant. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, when I was in college, my mom said, if offspring happen, this is not continuing or whatever. It was really weird like that. Like, it was something like, if offspring happen, then this is not okay or something like that and i was like uh okay i wasn't trying to knock anybody up but thanks Interesting way of putting it yeah it was very strange it was very strange well yeah well yeah hopefully that works hopefully what works well giving a child those kind of tools well you know all you can do is hope for the best hope for the best but you have to be ready for whatever the worst case scenario is. You know, you have to always be on the lookout. Yes. Well, that's the difficult job of a parent. Plan for the best, prepare for the worst. Absolutely. Alphaville. What do we? That's an Alphaville lyric, right? Hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Are you going to drop the bomb or not? Oh, how about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Forever Young by Alphaville. Oh. oh, if you haven't heard that one, we should listen to that. Alphaville. Alphaville, yeah, yeah, they're German. You, so you say it with a German... Oh, yeah, Alphaville, I guess. There you go. Know. Very yeah. very well done. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm supposed to say thank you for listening. And thanks for listening. Next time on uh, Shooting the Shindig.